0: Welcome to a special episode of Australian Survivor Talking Tribal. Today, I am joined by the newly crowned sole survivor, Mark Wales. Mark, how does it feel?
1: Hey, how are you doing? It's, as you know, it's pretty crazy. I only found out yesterday, but I have won. So it's been a it's been a bit of a blur the last 24 hours, but a very happy surprise. And, um, you know, to play with Sammy and to play with the crew as good as I did, um, I'm, I feel lucky. It was a great experience.
0: Oh, that's so good. I'm going to take you way back because this is not your first time playing. So what was it that made you want to play again when you got the call?
1: Well, Sam and I, we felt like it was unfinished business. Like, you know what it's like when you go in and you had all these ideas about what you could do and you don't get to realize it and the game gets pulled out from under you. That's, it's hard. And you, I think we reflected on that over time and I was okay with not going back. I kind of come to terms with that. But then when we got the call about this season and the theme that was in it, we were like, hell yeah, we got to go back and kind of uh, fix our game and do it better this time. And I'm glad we did.
0: Oh yeah. I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> you played before. So you in that watching yourself play and what did you learn from your mistakes from the first time that you thought I'm going to self-correct those for the next time I play?
1: yes so many and i think the common mistakes i think i worked too hard around camp i was i was helping too much i was not looking after myself enough i wasn't pacing myself correctly i wasn't building social bonds early enough you've got to really work hard on them early when you're not in trouble because you might need them later and so when i went into this game I, i built that foundation Much better. I actually had something to to work off, whereas last time I didn't. And and Sam was the same. She really built a strong foundation, and that's how our games kind of started. And we got ourselves off to a solid solid start.
0: I want to talk about a bunch of moves that you've made at the very start of the game. Talk to me about what was your favorite move in the pre-merge era.
1: My favorite merge in the, I have to say, getting the idol was a tough one because it's hard to get the clues, and I kind of got that clue because I, I. I wouldn't normally take a risk and be looking around in front of everyone, but I took a risk and it paid off. Then I got the idol. That took quite a few days of looking, but the unfortunate was that Geordie had seen me get uh, the clue and I knew it too. I was like, Oh my God. And so he was a real loose end. And uh, eventually after lying about it for days, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to tell him I'm going to, I'm going to put the ball in his court now and um just hope and pray that my relationships are good enough. They're not going to target me. And um, yeah, and it, they didn't target me. And that was the idol I played, but I, I think it was two or three weeks later when I was in trouble and uh yeah played at the right moment and, and it saved me so it was a good a good move
0: it was a very good move so we see we get to merge and you've got Sam there which is amazing we're both still there but we see that your games are very different and they're having to come together talk me through what that was like to try to merge two very different games
1: yeah, it was it was quite funny. It was a good problem to have that we both had, you know, a, a decent game and we had alliances that we could work with. So it's just the question is, which way do you go? And we were pitching to each other. I'm going, look, I think my alliance is more stable. I think we can trust them more. And Sam was coming to terms with, she was like, I might have to unwind all these relationships. I've worked so hard to build. And um, And to her credit, I think she saw... Dispassionately the the better path. And, and it just happened to be that Josh and Jordan were a more stable and reliable pair. And that's that's the direction we went in. But it was um, you know, it was a lively debate.
0: <laughs> I bet it was. And so the two of you hold these idols for quite a long time, which is incredibly impressive. And then eventually, obviously, the second idol gets played and everybody knows that it's there. I'm really curious to know, like, what was everyone's response on the ground when that second idol was played? Were they upset about the lie or did that make you a bigger or smaller jury like threat to get votes in the end in their eyes?
1: It was such an unusual thing because I was sitting there going, this is going to really cost me my game if I don't play this properly. And Sam had done so much work and burned Jesse and then we spent all that time lying. And then when I'm about to play it, I was in a cold sweat. I'm going, I don't think the votes are on me and uh I'm like, i've got to play it because you know people have gotten good at blindsiding like who knows and so i was trying to make a move out of out of nothing and, and so i did a, a speech which was antagonizing to the jury uh, in the hope that they would blindsided me and it was going to work it didn't it was a total flop and so i, I went back to camp like with no protection having offended the jury and i think it, it actually lowered my threat profile again by pure accident and I think people were forgiving about the idol lies. It's like, and I said that I'm like, you know, protect all your information, but tell your alliance, everything, but I'm not going to talk about idols ever. And I think people were forgiving of that. And yeah, accidentally it kind of helped my game. I played it so badly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I can see that actually. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we did Josh say at one point, once Geordie is spilled on your idol, he says, you know, I don't respect Geordie for doing that because it's fair to keep it a secret. So there was like respect for hiding idols.
1: Yeah. And that was part of the reason that when I didn't tell Sam about the first idol initially, it was because I'd said to Jordy, like, don't tell anyone, don't tell anyone. And he slipped up because when he told Sam, I was able to say to Josh and Jordan, I was like, dude, I said, don't tell anyone. And I stuck to my word and he didn't. So I kind of actually turned it around and put it on him. Yeah. So that was another lucky, lucky little move.
0: I was really impressed with lots of moves you made, especially the move at five. So you get to five, no more idols, very vulnerable, but somehow you managed to convince KJ and Shay that you're going to vote with them when you do not vote with them. And they instead miss voting with Chrissy. So how did you convince them to do that?
1: That was a crazy one because I remember getting there going, well, you know, we're we're probably cooked here, but it was easy for Josh and I, because we are looking at it going, all right, Shay's going to win the endurance challenge therefore that she's going to target you or me. And so if we, if we go for each other now, doesn't matter. The other person's going to get knocked out at the four anyway. So it makes sense. I'm like, dude, I'll, I'll pitch the girls that I'm coming for you. That's our last chance. And then we can just light up on KJ and just cross our fingers. And, uh, and I think it just created enough doubt and enough of a gap that the girls didn't then vote cohesively. And that's, um, you know, ended up costing him quite dearly because it would have been an all girls, Finale, if they'd gotten me or Josh, then they would have knocked out the other at four and and it's all girls and then it's anyone's game. That's
0: it, butterfly effect, one
1: move. One move, one single move, yep, crazy.
0: And so then we get to four and it's still you and Josh there. You threaded this very fine line to the end because you needed to keep a shield all the way to that point. And putting Josh forward as the leader really, really seemed to be so effective because it saved you then at four and they took him out. Do you think, though, like if Josh had made it to the end with you, do you feel like you could have still swayed the jury towards voting for you?
1: Yeah, I was confident enough that I could present a good case, but it, there was no, there's just no guarantees and, and it's such a high level of risk because Josh and I had played together. We played similar games. He played really well. He didn't get a fair edit. He was an incredible player. He had such good relationships. He was smart. He was good at puzzles, physical. Well, he, was a, he was a gun. And so it was very easy for me to kind of say, look, Josh is good. Like you? Just those little sprinklings of a, of a clue I was doing for a long time to say, you know, Josh said we should do this. or And these tiny little implicit nudges were just saying, hey, he's in charge and he is the, the guy to watch. And he only had to be like a tiny bit more of a threat than me. And when you're presented with a choice, that's going to be enough. You're going to go for the higher threat.
0: And it totally worked. I also want to know walking into the final tribal speech... What was your mindset? Like, what was your approach to that speech? It was obviously effective and I'm sure people want to know.
1: I knew I had to be conciliatory because I had I had been pretty ruthless and I, I felt like there could be some animosity in the, in the jury and I had to own some of that game. I had to own the moves that were hard and also articulate and not be apologetic for the moves I did make that I felt were effective. And so I did that and I, I tried not to oversell my game I just stuck to I had about five bullet points that I wanted to hit Um, I explained all those I didn't take credit where I didn't deserve credit I said you know I didn't say I I said we made this move and I think that was disarming for for some of the people that were they just want to be acknowledged on the jury because they also played a brilliant game they also want to be sitting there pitching um, in your position so I think it's important to respect that and take it seriously when you do when you do pitch as a final player
0: yeah. I saw all of that. And that was yeah, a really smart way to approach that. So Mark, as a final question, besides obviously winning, taking home the crown and every vote you can, what was your favorite moment in this game?
1: I think my favorite moment in the game was, it'd have to be, it'd be the merge feast. We, Sam and I just weren't expecting to get there. We all walked Uh, down the river, we sat down at a table with all our mates and we were like, oh, my goodness, we actually made the halfway point and we just weren't expecting. We we didn't have high expectations to go that far together. So to get to that point, to have played hard side by side, that was really rewarding for me. And Sam was so good. She was dramatically better than the first time she played and I think she just deserves all the credit that she got for, for the game she played.
0: Mark, thank you for coming to speak to me on Talking Tribal. You and Sam have played an amazing game together as a team. You really were the epitome of blood versus water. And congratulations, you deserve all the accolades that you're getting.
1: Mate, thanks. And, and what an honour to play twice. We're lucky and the game's given us everything. So thanks a lot, mate. You've, you've covered it so well with, with George and the rest. So thank you. Thanks for listening to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, a Network 10 podcast.